Monday, December 10, 2018, order. Council should have an agenda in front of them. Are there any additions to the agenda, Mr. There are none, Your Worship. Any deletions? There are none. No. Um, is, can I get a motion to adopt the agenda as presented? Mr. Good, all in favor? That takes us to the minutes of November 26, 2018, regular council meeting. Uh, do we need to, uh, are there any changes warranted in that, in those seven minutes? Your Worship, I would uh, just draw uh, administration's attention not to, I think it's, uh, just checking my notes, motion uh, 1811. Uh, I'm sorry, let's try that again. 1811457. And I think it's just, a, I think there's a word missing here. If I can find my place here again. The name of the counselor? It, yes, yeah, the name of the counselor is what's missing, unless that was intentional. Um, yes, so a, a motion 1811457. So was there, should there be a counselor's name in there? That's correct. Yeah, so I would move the minutes and the administration can find the appropriate name comes up. I believe that was Councillor Ford. So we will amend it to Councillor Ford. Motion to accept the minutes as amended. All in favor of Mr. Needham's motion. Any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, any presentations to be had? There are none, Your Worship. Bylaws? Uh, no, there's none, Your Worship. And I see there's no unfinished business. That is correct. So we move on to new business. And the first item on the agenda is a request for decision regarding grants to groups. And this, there's only one piece of purposes. That is correct. That's correct, Your Worship. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Um, before you is a uh, request for a decision for a grants to group application by the Peace River Porpoises. They were here last week to uh, discuss their application and answer any questions that were put forth um, from councillors. Um, and it's a pretty straight, well, not straightforward application, but um, their application was based on the results of their event. They had their event during the summer. Their financial position when they uh, ended up they were $774 as an event deficit and they had asked council to consider um, funding half of that and, and their thinking was for the half was that when we when applicants put in an initial request they can't ask for more than than half the expenses of the event I believe so they were thinking from a deficit position that asking for half made sense to them. Um, so really, um, it is pretty straightforward in terms of their application. It was a, a deficit for the event. They're requesting financial assistance to help cover that. Uh, the 50% mark, and that's option one, was $387 to, to assist with the funding shortfall. 
option two that was asked by councillors to include um, that council considered funding the entirety of the amount, which was $774. Um, and then option three, which is also here, uh, discusses not providing any, any funds. And that's administration's recommendation um, in this instance, where they came after the fact event had happened. Um, and, and not before um, kind of violated the intent of our advanced degree program so um, from a staff administrative level we did not want to dismiss them and say they couldn't come before council but administratively we are suggesting that council not consider um, any funding for this event I don't have a question, but <clears throat> I'll make it a motion just in honor of the purpose of grants to groups. Um, I'll make a motion that we go with uh, no funding for this event. Okay. Any further discussion? I kind of understand the purpose of what you're discussing, but to some degree, I think they may have been going into it the idea that they wouldn't need to come to the town for any money, which to us is a good thing in my mind. If somebody comes and says, we're going to try and fund this on their own, because I guess they said that they have asked for funding in the past. I think there was some comment in my memory that they had in the past. They haven't preached up from us. So I I think on one hand, I, I understand where you don't want to start a precedent that you can go ahead and do something and just come back to us and say, guess what, guys had a shortfall. But I think in light of the fact that they had asked before, I think they were trying to run a successful thing and it fell a little short. They came to us originally asking for half, which I think is, they're not asking us to fund the whole mistake kind of thing. So my, my preference would be to go for number one or two um, under sort of a, I know, compassionate grounds for an organization that's been around for years in this town. Is it that? Um, great comments, Councillor Good. Uh, I too would like to weigh in on options one or two for this, because my understanding of grants to groups is not only to support the organization that's a local organization, but a local organization that is hosting an event that brings people into the town of Peace River. There's no denying that our swim meets bring in a lot of people to our community. Um, some stay overnight, some are able to travel back on the same day, but uh, it is definitely an event that brings people into our community. That's how I feel about that. And the other, oh, I did have one more comment. The new application that we have that will be going out for January 1st, I understand, is the date? So that's correct. It does take effect January 1st. We are working with applicants um, to ensure that they are following the new uh, policy and forms. So we have received some on the old ones. We're working with them to ensure they're on the new ones and, and uh, follow the parameters of that, that policy and program. Um, if you remember, it was split into two streams. One was an annual amount, which would um, use half of the grants group, and the other was quarterly. The annual amount um, deadline was actually November 30th, but since this is our new year, or a new program, and it's something that we're implementing from a staff level, we're, 
we're extending that date into the new year to ensure that people who are aware and, and these groups are now getting further emails and correspondence saying this has changed if you have something that falls into the and it's an economic development stream for the annual amount if you have something that falls into this please put in your application now um, try to get those in by February and give council the ability to make decisions about uh, the annual and the quarterly streams under the new program and I understand part of our other than we need to improve the, the application process we were trying to provide support to our, our organizations in town so that they are successful in their grant applications and that their events are successful and they understand up front what we can and cannot support yep and we, we all want to be successful together exactly thank you so how, how does giving them this uh, giving them 228 dollars uh, make them successful they this is a debt that they incurred through poor 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 planning and preparation so how do you teach somebody to be more to be successful if you reward them for for failure and debt well um, your worship although you make an interesting comment um i <laughs> i'd like to say i'd like to say that um this is a long time running organization and like all volunteer organizations the volunteers ebb and flow and it's entirely possible that the 2018 summer event was in the time when their volunteers were in an ebb and so they you know they just they just didn't have enough people to keep all the eggs you know in the basket and and some came out and and i suspect that this would be an ideal opportunity for uh fcss or or um or tanya's team to go back and say when what happened in the planning of this right i mean that's the kind of support that the organization is needing they they state that they weren't even six they didn't actually ask people other corporate sponsors I, I don't think we have enough hands in, in the town on town staff to go around and hold everybody else's well and and that also is an interesting statement and i i would agree that we we don't have enough staff although alana is is certainly directed towards that area um purposes is a long time running your worship there's at least two other hands around Sorry. the table here so point of order i think mr ford is going to have the floor and then i am okay okay you're up just uh just to further uh councillor good and councillor downing's comments i totally agree with both of you it, um i'm i tending to lean towards more of option one and option two more towards option two because i asked administration to put that on there as a, as an option but just to remind all of council that i know we're not into the new into the new policy yet but i do believe if my memory serves me correct we've already had a couple of of asks come before the before council that were after the fact that we did grant as well. It has happened. Okay, so this is about debt. Does our does our grants to groups policy allow a grant for debt? Um, doesn't really talk about. Well, I know it doesn't talk about debt. I don't think it talks about deficits or the position of of uh, any one singular event I have to refer to the policy again but it just talks about supporting your worship if I may so Peace River Minor Hockey is an organization that's been involved and in, <clears throat> been involved in this town longer than the Porpoises Film Club they just completed a peewee tournament this weekend 
And if they were to show up a year from now and tell us or tell me that they didn't sell enough 50-50 tickets, they didn't charge enough admission, they didn't get enough raffle donations, they didn't get enough sponsorships, and they want me to pay for it, there's no way in hell I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to pay for this. There's a, there's 170 people participated in this thing. It's a year ago. Go back to your customer base and have them pay for it. I'm not going to vote for this. Well, when I said I'm not going to vote for it, I'm not going to give them any money. There's, there's no reason why we would be pay, why should we be paying the debt of a service club? It's not my fault that they can't organize themselves, they can't get the sponsorship, and their accounting is screwed up, they didn't charge enough money. That's not my fault. And they'll be here for money next year, you can be sure. Just to further your comment, so if they would have come to council and asked for um, a dollar amount for a sponsorship before the debt, would the debt have changed on this particular I, I don't know, but I, I, but to answer your question, I suspect we would have given that amount. Mm -hmm. So, you're, so you're, if, if, if you're saying we would have given the money, if they would have came with the right number, I, I could likely buy that argument. So a thousand before could have been a lot different then. So give us the right number to start with. Don't, don't come to us a year later. So I see in regards to Bruce's policy is that any support extended by the any grant will be uh, considered sponsorship. And as such, the Town of Peace River will receive the recognition and benefit extended to any sponsor. Mm -hmm. So how can we be a sponsor when the event is over? I, I don't know why this came. I, uh, I, uh, I, I think administration needs to do a better job and needs to, uh, needs to screen out these, uh, the, these, uh, these uh, applications that don't meet the criteria. Your Worship. I think one of the advantages of having the application in the way that it does is it requires groups to provide accurate accounting and if uh, you know I'm not accusing this group of not having accurate accounting although the numbers would kind of be added to that but in order for groups to fill out this application they have to sit down and think about what things are going to cost and, and, and you know you, you don't wait until that's over to do that and realize you messed up and so if they're to be involved in this just like anybody else Accurate accounting is necessary. We're responsible for the taxpayer of Peach River, and that's what we, what they want to do, and that's what we should be doing in their stead. I think it would be irresponsible to further the habit of people asking after the fact. And also, there's a lot difference. There's a big difference between someone asking after a fact if they have applied and they just don't. The cycle of when we do the grants doesn't land at the right time. And most of the cases that we've encountered when people are asking for money after the fact, it's because of that, not because they've had the event and realized, oh, we messed up. Now we're going to go. The plan was that they were accounting on this uh, you know, money from grants to groups anyways, which was already factored into the budget that they had put together. So that's where I see the difference between asking after the fact, in this case, compared to others. I'm in a little bit of quandary here. I don't think this 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 item should have come forward. There's a motion on the table. Can I uh, hold the motion and move on to the next item? Okay, do I have to rescind it? Yeah, you just say you would, you want to withdraw it. I will withdraw the motion. And we uh, go to the next item. This should have never come up. Should have never 
ever being uh, a debatable uh, item. Didn't mean to correct your uh, request for a decision regarding interim budget, Mr. Town. So, per the Municipal Government Act, Council must pass a, an interim budget if the budget has not been set prior to to the New Year's story. Um, so, since our budget deliberations, we hope will end tonight. Um, Council will not be in a position to formally approve budget amounts, and these aren't tax rates, these are budget amounts allowing spending and whatnot. Um, and since that won't be in place for 2018, going into 2019, we are looking for a motion to uh, improve an interim operating budget in the amount of $8,718,080. And what that is, it's half of the 2018 year's operating expenditures for the town. Um, it's basically um, about one third, maybe 40% of the entirety of our budget. So it, it really uh, allows us to spend up until probably um, March or April. Um, and again, as I mentioned, um, this is a requirement under Section 242.2 of the uh, Municipal Government Act, which states the council may adopt an interim operating budget for part of the calendar year. And we're hoping council approves the recommendation to allow us to do so. Okay. Any questions of Mr. Town? I think this is an up and down motion. Okay. All in favor? Uh, I'm, I guess somebody's going to make it. Sure. Make a motion. All in favor? Passed. Request for a decision regarding the. <coughs> AC2PA. So um, this is a motion that Councillor Ford um, asked to, to bring forward for to, to attend the uh, 2019 Alberta Community Crime Prevention uh, Conference in Gamora. Um As you know, uh, uh, Councillor Ford has been uh, deeply involved and it's part of his uh, advocacy, um, everything having to do with uh, uh, crime prevention and uh, uh, policing and fire um, so he did bring this forward and uh, basically we are going to make a recommendation that uh, uh, he does attend this we do feel that it would be beneficial if council board wants to speak a little bit more on it uh, uh, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward it's the same uh, it's the same uh, seminar uh, that was held last year this year it's in cam or just different different topics or are being brought forward and just so that council is aware at our last meeting with ACCPA um, one of my colleagues from uh, Northern Sunrise County uh, Karina Williams is also now a director on this board as well for Northern number okay. motion to to uh, enable to enable Councillor Ford to attend the 2019 AECCPA conference in Denmark. All in favor? Pass. Thank you. Uh, next, any is a briefing note regarding snow, the snow and ice policy. Um, is it all one one thing? Snow and ice policy communication outlook, or just the snow and ice policy <laughs> slash communication? Uh, the communications I look at separate from the snow and ice policy. Okay. So, uh, Director McGuire can speak to that shortly afterwards. Um, 
Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Before you is a briefing note uh, related to the possible implementation of a new snow and ice policy. Um, this is for your consideration as you discuss potential changes to the snow ice policy following this piece. Um, this would be considered a component of my area's due diligence as the proposed policy contains a number of large-scale changes, including change of service. Um, so in order to ensure that um, any, transition, any transition to new operational patterns is, smooth, is as smooth as possible and successful for council and staff, I wanted to bring this information forward. Any questions? Any questions? Uh, uh, just to just give some background on this one, as you um, have been aware, um, staff has started a, a process of just looking at uh, the snow and removal policy, and we were trying a little uh, experiment, and uh, there was quite a few phone calls that we received, and uh, one of the things that we did look at was that, okay, we should really make sure if we're going to implement the program, we will implement it uh, very methodically. Uh, so and logically so staff quickly looked at uh, how we were going to try to be moving forward and this is one of the things that uh, we, uh, we did talk to our communication specialist and say okay could you give us some advice on moving forward and what do you think and, and uh, we kind of like her uh, looking at as one of the options so it's more for information right at this yeah. moment and uh, the next the actual snow removal um, issues of policies that we're looking at and what we're hoping to achieve is uh, basically what we'd like to bring forward council so you get a good understanding. So just if I may, I, I did read this and I did read the snow removal policy and I can hardly wait till we get to that topic. But so, so I, what, how, how is this any different than we passed a communications policy a few months ago so is this what am i missing here is this the big difference would be the buy-in that we're expecting from residents so oh, this, wow you got high expectations <laughs> we're going to require some kind of notification period for residents so whatever the details of the new policy whatever direction council chooses to go in the recommendation would be that we start fresh at least coming from the communications point of view the recommendation would be we start fresh with a new snow season rather than try to implement a, a policy okay. with significant changes in the middle of the season yeah you don't have any argument from me in that respect but it's uh, you know trying to convince people of whether or not we should do a or b i mean some people have just you know you're not going to win the argument so what what you're suggesting you know is a robust policy so that we cut down on well a robust policy and ample time to inform people of the changes and to bring them if not on board at least to make them aware of how it's going to impact them and maybe bring some people on board so that it's not a huge shock okay. what we found with some of the residents along the trial run was that it was a bit of a shock to them in terms and, of the and, and the counselors like myself that are not on board will come to that later in the evening is that the whole I'll leave that in uh, direction of Clegg's hands. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I, I'm still a little unclear as to what this briefing notes about, but soldier on your worship. Um, I guess it's the next item I want to talk about. So, so this is just the for information. Yeah. This is just information as you guys consider the policy. Um, just 
should you be bringing about any large changes, consider the impact and the time required to properly educate the public. Okay. Uh, should we accept for information? All in favor? Um, so request for a decision on the snow and ice maintenance policy. Direction, I think. I think we're looking for direction. Huh? Yes, it's just for its direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just want to hand those around that way. Just additional reference map as we go through this. Thanks. Why you put her? Evening, your worship and council. Uh, so, part of the tonight, I want to make sure we had lots of visuals. So, uh, you know, we had a good understanding of what we're going through as we go through this. So uh, there are a couple of issues that uh, I know your worship, uh, you kind of indicated that I should kind of relook at the policy in terms of priorities for the uh, road clearing uh, for snow removals uh, and subsequent lighting. And one of the other issues that we had uh, from last year as well was around uh, Main Street being Highway 74. 44 and having a written agreement with uh, Alberta Transportation in that regard as to what, uh, how their level of service is integrating with the town's level of service. And uh, basically the understanding was last year that it was a verbal agreement between Alberta Transportation and the town and you know, felt that uh, it was time to kind of incorporate uh, more of that into our written policy so that we had a firm understanding and we weren't having either party pointing at each other on who's going to do what. So, and then the last portion uh, in discuss, discussing uh, with Derek around uh, the snow removal, the way we're doing it right now, and looking for opportunities to maybe provide a better level of service or, you know, and kind of attacking uh, snow removal from a different standpoint and finding out some different options. So basically that's why we're here tonight. It's basically what we want to do is present you with some options of what we've got our existing snow and ice policy in place. And then what said, well, when I went to start going through that and how we would rejig it, said, well, this they kind of end up doing a wholesale rewrite of the existing policy uh, uh, to clarify a lot of uh, details in that. So, but in there, there's some options on how we could uh, improve the service uh without uh using the same uh kind of snow removal budget but how could we make better use of, of those funds going forward uh, 
So that was one of the things that uh, I wanted to address uh, with this policy. Now, before we kind of get into some of the details around the policy, uh, what I want to do is just uh, let Derek kind of uh, chime in on just kind of the challenges that we have with snow removal uh, right now as well. And also I've got Don Dixon, uh, our uh, lead hand uh, for Public Works, and he's got some insights that he can provide to council just on some challenges uh, uh, that we have with snow removal right now and you know some options around how we can provide the service in a better fashion. So Derek, maybe you could kind of just kind of go through what we do now. So the, the way the existing policy was, the way it uh, read was that we needed to uh, <clears throat> haul the snow away, load it, blow it, haul it, uh, spread it, you know, um, and at levels of like four to six inches of snow. So if you've got three to four inches of snow, you wait three weeks for <coughs> enough snow to bring the blower out. The, obviously the point being is the cost of the blower and the trucks to keep the blower going. And then um, not only that, but the staff required to orchestrate that whole event. So closing the streets ahead of time, lining up the trucks, giving them, you know, do the couple days notice. Um, and then and then tying up what would be pretty much most of your staff uh, for the week it would take to blow everything that needed blown and haul, haul it all away. So when you're uh, looking at an operation like that to keep the blower going, uh, Don would have information on this a little better than me, but it's like you're, you're upwards of 10 trucks to keep that blower moving uh, so that it's efficiently hauling. Uh, you know, you're not waiting for trucks while you're sitting uh, sitting late at night. You know, you want to keep it moving. So <clears throat> uh, if you uh, if you have uh, two graders windrowing the snow together uh, so they can be gathered up with the, the blower, you've got a cleanup loader in behind that. Um, you've got Two of our staff in our two tandems, or two trucks as well. Uh, you've got uh, so you've got a cleanup loader in behind that, a sander in behind that. Again, coming because the ice is up as you go. You've got a guy down. You've got a person at the snow dump pushing it off. You've got ten trucks hauling, hauling steady. You've got to be pushing it off because you can't sit and keep up. Uh, you've got and then you've got someone on the ground moving barricades and. Uh, replacing garbage cans or you know the the, the oddball thing so uh, if you add that all up you're you know you're eight nine ten people into an operation um for three inches of snow potentially so uh it was uh it was obviously a cost thing for sure to look at uh, how are we gonna how are we gonna take this much money and do how often we're we gonna have to do this so so part of uh small experiment we did was to take the, the snow we had and wing it off to the curb line to see you know how big a windrow we're talking here to, to, to leave there and the point being was to how much snow how often could we do that to leave it to a point where we have to come gather it up later and uh, all in all in interest of saving uh, saving how many times we hire all those trucks and tie up the, 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 the staff so part of the problem was the tying up all the staff for a week as well is uh, uh, 
committing to committing to all that with all that all those people um, and seeing it through. So I mean, if you have a water break or a super backup or a, which I'll always inevitably have losing, so you've got other things to do that come up that you can't. You can now get a drop like that and lined up, and it just goes all the all the pieces. So given the staff levels that we're at, so. So we tried to tried tried to wing it off to the side. Obviously, we got a, I'm sure you all know we got lots of calls on that, and uh, um, the intent was for them to you know parallel park along the, the snow bank that was there beside <coughs> the, the curve, not to drive up on top of it and gain all the all the stories that came. So uh, in the end, I think if we uh, you know depending on how this all goes, uh, I think if we could wing it. Um, off to the sides, and, and as you see on the on the sketch here, if it ended up on the sidewalk, we have to push it back to the sidewalk as well. But it would, um, you know, it would, it would stop you from having to hire all these trucks. You're paying out it's 120 dollars for tandem for 10 hours times 10 tandems for six days straight to do the town. And the math just that you know you're paying that out. If we, you know, uh, we wouldn't be alone doing this. I, this is the first municipality actually I've ever seen that they've removed all the snow and take it, take it all. I've never seen that ever. But, um, anyway, point being is you could you could increase how often you plow the streets. Your streets would be bare more often because if you could just uh, send the crews out, take everything to the curb line everywhere, both sides, simplifies it, um, and it gets you out more often. You know, and, uh, Council, if you don't mind me just jumping in for a few seconds, I, mean, I spent a couple of days out there at Public Works and, and talking with the operations individuals and, and quite tell you, um, it, it's quite impressive just looking at, at their operations and all the maps and everything that they have out there. Um, and the first thing that, that threw me um, is I was looking at his, his one chart, it's just his manpower. So he has three people that work in the office. Um, there's Derek, uh, there's the individual who works on all the mechanical. Uh, making sure all the tune-ups are done, making sure that the snow blowers are, are operational. In one case, they, it took a whole week just to work on the, the snow blower itself because they had to rebuild uh, quite a few parts to it. Um, and then, of course, there's the uh, secretary. So he has 10 actual public works employees that goes out and does little things. And so um, when I was reviewing that, well, he has two vacancies right now. So what's happening is that if, if he has everyone show up, he's, he's working at 80% capacity, but of course you got people who are going on training. So when I walked in this week and I looked at it, he averaged 50, or sorry, 60% of his workforce at any one time, and uh, through the whole week. And it, and you can see that it's real tough. So now if you have to do a snow removal because you've, you've got this all lined up, he's already down uh, in personnel. So he's not asking for more personnel. He's saying, hey, look, I have personnel, but the problem is, is it's harder for me to commit to this snow removal guarantee that I can do it right. So then if you take a look at it, two weeks ago we had two, two um, uh, breaks. So at that point, if he's already committed because he has to line up all these trucks in advance, these 10 trucks for these five days, and then now he just has to say, okay, I've got to make sure that my people can work on this, otherwise then I have to now hire extra people either to work the water breaks or to drive the extra tandems and do all these other tasks that he's doing. It, it's just kind of uh, uh, difficult. And if you still look at it, we still have snow on the streets for, it could be three, four, five weeks. So the thought pattern was is, 
okay, how can we actually clear these roads? Actually, it's a different level of service, but the issue is, is then moving it off to the side. However, this is such a major change, we all know this is gonna cause some issues, but the purpose is of trying to get the roads clear more often, faster. Um, so this was the concept here, and I still think we have to work some, some things out, but it's definitely, uh, it was um, the, you know, just trying to ingenuity, trying to uh, do this, but sometimes we, we need to communicate a little bit sooner. And if we probably would have communicated a little bit sooner, I think we would have re reduced some of the phone calls that we had. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to look at better ways to try to do this, this service. Sorry for cutting that, but that was basically it. I just have one comment, and I actually have a question. So I know uh, Tom was all over this policy here just a couple of years ago, but even the comments that I heard last year of other municipalities wanting to know how Peace River is doing such a good job because you guys busted your butts last year and the year before, and uh, other municipalities wanted to know how, how you guys are doing it. Like our, our streets in the wintertime here are known for being good. The other com or the other question I have is is when you're talking about windrowing off to the side, and your comment was not to park on the windrow, but to park on on the edge of the windrow. So if you're doing that on both sides of the street, how how does that impact your traffic flow? Because now your your vehicle is actually could be in that driving lane rather than parallel parking where it's supposed to be parked. So, uh, and I think we'll get to that question, but I, I actually want to kind of bring Donnie into this because he can probably bring some perspective on that as well, and as well as some other uh, challenges that we have with the existing snow removal. Um, well, I'll just take a second here and I'll answer Lauren's uh, question here real quickly regarding the windows up along each side of the curb here. Yes, it's going to narrow up the road a little bit, but when they get to a significant level, that's when we're going to bring the blower out and blow everything. Uh, clean the streets up side to side and then we'll start all over again um, part of the reason uh, we're not using the blower right now because as Derek said it's a huge expense uh, we want to do a little bit of math here right now 10 trucks at approximately $125 an hour at a 10 hour day times six days to clean town throughout we're looking at 75,000 bucks so if we were to do town once a month uh, for six times, we're looking at a bill of 450,000 bucks. I mean, so if we got to pull that blower out every time there's three or four inches of snow in residential sections here, uh, you know, we could skyrocket that budget right out of, right, you know, it, it could cost a huge, huge amount, right? So that's why we're trying to propose looking at other options so that we can get out there more frequently, get the streets cleaner, have those driving lanes nice and clean, um, but the residents, of course, will have to you know make a little bit of sacrifices. They may lose a little bit of room along their edge of the road where they're going to be parking, and then of course there's the driveways that uh, may become you know we'll try to limit that amount of snow going into the driveways and and uh, windrow it up as best as we can uh, with the rest of it to limit the amount of work the uh, the public has to do in, in that, but. That, that's just the numbers, you know what I mean? We could we could literally run through, if depending on the snow levels, you know, we could clean town six times in, in a month and a half, right? Because it could snow four inches, we go blow town. Next week it snows four inches, we go blow town, and so on. Uh, when there's a, a big season, right? So we're just trying to keep that cost down. So, and then still be able to get out 
because I know uh, some of the roads are dirty, right? That people are struggling to get around. So that's the idea of getting out there and opening them lanes out without picking it up uh, to keep that dollar level down. I, do, I thought the major snow event on the old policy was six inches. Maybe I'm wrong. So right now it still says uh, four inches or 100 mils. Uh, so it's one of the things I kind of looked at within this policy too, but even within that, basically what we've committed to within our budget they are for four snow rules per year. So regardless of whether it's four inches or six inches, basically, you know, we've got to manage that. So uh, knowing that, you know, I try to get two removals done after Christmas and two removals in before Christmas. This year, you know, I think we're doing very well because we had two removals uh, in uh, January to March timeframe. I don't we've had a removal yet. Um, I'm actually in the process. I had the blower up today. I didn't bring any contract trucks in. I'm using just the equipment we have on our own to cut the cost down, but still get out there and uh, you know do the streets that uh, you know it's gonna take a little bit longer with just the equipment we have, but it's not gonna you know it's not gonna run that bill way up, right? So um, on days where it's slow and we're not in high demand in other areas of town, we'll still be using our snow blower. Uh, it's just not gonna be uh, a huge lineup of trucks, right, to and get a huge section done in a day. It's going to be kind of picking away at it and uh, doing what we can with a little bit of equipment and manpower we have on a, on a daily basis, right? So, um, with that said, uh, you know, uh, of course, if we've got to put a snow tomorrow or whatever, yes, the blower will be able to get it, and the trucks will be coming and we get after it, right, and clean all up, 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 all up, down, up. But uh, this proposal here is just so that we can get out, uh, get the lanes cleaner. Uh, make it better to drive on everywhere down um, you know so if there was uh, four inches of snow we could get the, the graders out right away in all areas not just in the areas where we can take it off to the side because there isn't houses on two two sides right um, in the past that's all we've ever been able to do we can't get down to residential streets or say downtown or whatever because we have nowhere to put the snow uh, we have to pick it up with the blower uh, so we want to be able to do that with the blower still, but we also want to be able to get out more frequently with our equipment to keep the roads cleaner and safer for everybody, right? So that's the intent of this. It's not uh, just because we don't want to use the blowers to get the streets cleaner more often. So one of the other things that we looked at within uh, one of the options that we had in, you know, if we went forward with this concept is uh, to put more of a, a semi-permanent road band treatment for winter months in place where we'd have a road bed on between Monday and Thursday. And and we can even kind of juggle that on uh, saying that maybe Monday, Tuesday, we do the west side of the river, and then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, we do the other side of the river, right, to kind of break it up. But what that does is uh, it kind of uh, makes it a little more regular for our crews to get out and do more effective removals, because a lot of times our residents, you know, well, if you, I, you don't have a sign up, well, uh, they park the car, but if the guy goes away for a couple of days, and you know, uh, that car's in the way, and, we can, and it makes it more difficult for us to get around. But if we have kind of that uh, permanent road band in place during the winter months, and, and residents are used to doing, you know, Monday, Tuesday, or uh, Wednesday, Thursday during the day, that, you know, they, they get conditioned uh, being able to do that, and as a result, you know, we'll find clearer lanes that we can do more effective clearing uh, through that. Just uh, you know, typical uh, typical week. If you didn't have the 
didn't have the barricades able to throw a close sign, so you didn't know you were going to have a window to go plow. You can't go plow because you don't have a sign to repair them. So with the parking ban in place, if, uh, if it's a Tuesday afternoon and things are quiet, you can sneak away to go plow somewhere where, okay, we got to go to the north end, let's get what we can get down in the north end. Because that's the day the parking ban's in place on that herd or wherever it might be, right? So you, at least you've got a place to go do that, and the next time you've got a an afternoon it's, it's so that uh, when you've got a moment to go you've got a place to go and you can roll the banks back you don't have to orchestrate the trucks you don't have to have the trucks lined up okay so what I understand <clears throat> the difference between what you're proposing and what we used to do in the past is in the past it was a campaign effort uh, if I understood you correctly so now what you're doing what you're saying is we'll have road bands on or all these streets, but we will we'll basically chip, we'll do a bid every day, as opposed to one, uh, basically signing up a whole bunch of contractors and doing it all in, uh, over the course of two, three nights. So, so but how do you handle Derek a, uh, let's say we get six inches of snow by tomorrow morning. So, how do you make sure that uh, the school buses pick up their kids? Well, so, so, forth? so the roads are safe enough to drive on for people to get to work. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we had the hammered with a big storm. Uh, I have not come across that yet, but uh, I would assume we're going to roll that to the middle. To open the streets up and then come or whatever if it's a great amount of snow right but if it's uh you know if it's lesser storms three four or five inches and it's and it's uh we've got people or staff available to go plow we can go roll it off the sides of the trucks so you'd have to in a big storm you'd roll it to the middle and uh, you'd order trucks in for the next day or whenever you could get enough gathered up and then going and, and start start chasing it down afterwards so obviously you open the intersection box uh, but, but I, yeah. another one of the things we tried to address within the, uh, the amended policy as well is recognizing that difference between uh, regular uh, snow removals and removals on major or extreme snow events the one thing about these scheduled days or the, the road bands mm -hmm. is it's like I understand it's really convenient for you guys. It's immensely inconvenient for everybody else. Because, because you're asking them to move their cars Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. I'm looking at just the next two weeks. Is one day possible flurries for the next two weeks? Uh, and maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. I have no idea. We have certain times of the year where we have fair, we know in the springtime we usually get more snow the first part of the year. But people will not be able to park their cars when there's no snow. They won't be able to park their cars that day because there's this road bad in place. It makes no sense. Why can't I park there when there's no snow? There's no snow for for two weeks. So for half the time I'm living in my house, I've got to find alternate places. A lot of places don't. I'm lucky. I have a lane in the back. A lot of this town doesn't have a lane in the back, so you can't park on your street. You can't park on the other streets usually, because it's going to be in the north end or whatever. So in the whole north end, you can't park on your street, and you haven't got a bad place to park. 
I think sort of facetious here, but not everybody's going to go to the schoolyard and park a car. So I, I think there's some practical practicalities here. Um, one of the things with the science that always confused me, and I figure I'm as dumb as the next guy, um, that have proven it in the past, um, the sign would say no parking for the next 24 hours. I didn't know when the sign went up. And I always wondered why the sign didn't say no parking, it was put out the day before usually, no parking from 7 a.m., 7 in the morning till 7 in the morning the next on the day. But it would say no parking in the next 24. But it was a, I had or no, no parking in 12 hours, so you didn't know what the heck unless you happen to see the sign going up. So I think there are a couple of things like that. Um, you know, the windrow idea on the side, I, I understand the logic of it, and, and I really do. But in Oren's comment, I think it was about parking out and being moved out into the road on a lot of streets we have in town. Once you have any kind of windrow, you really have one lane. Because right now on some of the streets, you're basically almost one lane already. If there's fair traffic, you're certainly going to be driving awful slow. I'm just, I sort of understand you don't want to spend money, but there's a certain level of inconvenience that the public will sustain willingly, and then there's a certain amount of frustration that's just going to come back and bite. And when I, when I see this heading is to a level that will bite, when we all know what the real problem is. The real problem is lack of dollars, right? I mean, you're, you're sitting as Thomas Tottle, probably you were talking about how big is 60, you have 60% of your crew at any one time, instead of 100, you have 60%, and what happens if you have an issue? Now you're down to 40% to do everything. That's really part of the issue. If you had 100% of your crew, you could probably do a lot of the stuff. So, I think to a to a degree we're we're dealing with symptoms. Uh, it's sort of a maybe a bit disjointed, but I think. Well, I don't think that's what he was saying. He said we're the only municipality he knows that does it the way we do it. So. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's anecdotal. I'm not just dis, disbelieving dis you yeah. at all. Oh, I think, I think uh, Councillor Downing had her hand up. So, when I read this, I was, I, I've gone sort of all over the map. I am concerned about the, the dollar factor. Um, you know, I've lived in the mountains, so I don't really think we get a lot of snow, and that's just my own personal opinion. I look at the picture of Prince George, and I think, yeah, that looks a little bit more like what I'm accustomed to, and you just climb over the snow banks, that's what you do. Um, I, I actually like the idea that we would plow the street more often um, so that the street is clear. However, I am very sympathetic to the issues that were brought to our attention last week after we did it. I mean, the reality of it is, is that our snow does not stay soft like Prince George's. Our snow goes from snow to ice overnight, right? And so there, there are some different concerns that, that play a role in there. I, 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 I'm concerned that, you know, how much we spend per kilometer on, on snow removal is you know, more than a thousand dollars less, uh, or more than a thousand dollars more than Calgary, 
doesn't really surprise me if you live in Calgary, you know they don't do snow removal. But um, I don't know, Don makes a, a good point. I think we still, I mean, if we're going to try this, I think we need to be prepared for what are the things that we can do to mitigate some of the inconveniences that are going to take place. And they will. So uh, just a quick comment back on your uh, point, Councillor Good, on road bends. You know, there, we do recognize, you know, uh, that there's some practicalities in that, that we have to work on, right? And one of the things that we, that was reflected in this policy is the difference between the road bend between, you know, uh, the normal course of the season as opposed to uh, major and extreme snow events. And we want to distinguish that. Uh, there may be some ways that, you know, we can further define, you know, where the road bends are to get down to a particular day to a particular portion of the town. And that way we're trying to minimize the inconvenience to our residents as much as possible. Uh, now, having said that, uh, uh, one of the things that we're still looking at snow removal is, is basically the downtown areas, because that's one area, you know, we don't have a place to blend snow to, right? So there we're always going to be committed to a snow removal in those conditions there. And uh, we'll try to kind of uh, accommodate that as best we can. But this is the, the policy changes more uh, that we're looking at were more how do we affect uh, better snow removal or better road maintenance within our residential areas. I thought everybody in Peace River owned a 4x4 truck, so I'm not really big on some of the stuff. Let, let's just back the bus up. So I witnessed, as everybody else did, what happened. So in the policy, is there a difference between car streets where there's angle parking and parallel parking? Is there a difference? Yeah, just. I wouldn't. You, you wouldn't think so. Okay, so, it, so it's going to go to the side. Yeah, All right. So like, either way, you know, it's going to go to the side, but, you know, having said that, when we're creating windows, we're going to try and get as close to that curb okay. as so, possible without ripping so the assume, uh, assume that, okay, so uh, how, how many hours would that windrow sit before it got picked up? So it could have, we could actually go till April and then get a. I mean, hypothetically, we could go six weeks in no snow. It would sit there, it would melt, it would be ice. So it would be an inconvenience factor until it either melted or we got a big dump and then it all got picked up. Is that? So at any time, is that going to get pushed onto the sidewalk? It stays on the street. So, and that was the conversation. That's the whole reason that I kind of put this little diagram for her, right? To, because we have two conditions that we have in town. One is we have areas where we have boulevard sidewalks, like 86th uh, Street that uh, did neighborhood renewal in last year. And then we have our monolithic sidewalks, which is predominantly in Salomon. You know, there are two uh, different conditions. Within the areas in our older neighborhoods where we have boulevard sidewalks, it's probably less an issue because we can probably stay pretty close to that curb edge and blade all the snow onto the boulevard piece. Uh, the trick comes when we're blading on the monolithic sidewalks. This, uh, and when we're blading on there, we fully recognize that, you know, one of the things we might have to look at is, you know, well, there, and we have two options there. One is we push that onto a residence and say, you know, you're responsible for the sidewalk, or two, 
is you know we look at something that uh, one of the things that we looked at with public was being able to uh, clean up on those monolithic sidewalks with our skid steer. So, just following that train of thought. So, I, I guess what comes to my mind is if if, if you know my, my lawn is just beat all the hell in the spring from the normal salt that I put from my driveway into one. Now I'm going to deal with the street, the sand, and the salt from the town. I I, I would not be happy. Uh, the other point about us running a skid steer down the sidewalk I know there's a couple of neighborhoods where the CC is I'm not going to say it's in the sidewalk you know what I, I suspect in some places maybe it is in the sidewalk mm -hmm. uh, so we could damage that so that's the other thing that comes to mind uh, and then just if you may your wish the, the last thing I noticed about the the pilot project was the, uh, um, the GFL we haven't talked about garbage pickup yet and I can see the 85 year old uh, senior trying to get her garbage bin perhaps over this this mound of snow uh, but the crosswalks i know again in my area um, maybe it was just because of the experiment but uh, at, around the arena i saw all the crosswalks are essentially blocked so if this went ahead would 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 the idea to be come back and clear the crosswalks off or yeah the uh the work we're the underlying thing here is how much snow are we talking here? Like if there's a, a four, four dumps in a winter, it might not be so bad as if it might be four dumps uh, per month. You know, so if you're gonna, if we're gonna uh, be piling the snow back, you look at these diagrams. They're gonna have to, you're gonna have to keep rolling the snow back. Eventually, we're gonna have snow piled on the sidewalk because you can't build it out in narrow streets, and especially in the residential areas where right now it's. <coughs> Parking on both sides, or I don't know if there is room to pass through cars if, uh, if you know, some of these uh, residential areas. So you've got to roll it past the curb line uh, on, on some of these spots. And obviously, it's going to put it on the sidewalk, so that means moving it back uh, beyond the sidewalk as well, right? As you roll it, you got to roll it again with, uh, with the sidewalk lower or whatever. But uh, um, boy, I, I think the where, where I'm from, it still lands on the on the uh, town property, and uh, there's going to be some some sand and salt uh, damage from the winter for sure. That's, that's that is part of it. However, one thing you do uh, if you are doing the sidewalks, you're taking away from the residents uh, potentially having to do uh, do those sidewalks too, right? I mean, obviously they'll put the snow there, they're rolling back, they no longer have to. So uh, there is that too. The other thing you mentioned uh, around the CC since you play on the bottom of the blade, there's a little rubber portion that gets put on there that flips up so you're not catching those edges as well. We, I, I guess just, we yeah, well, that's great. And I should move on here. I, I guess just the final, I, the other thing I've experienced, you know, on, uh, I don't even know what street we're on here, I guess it's 98th Street. There's residents down there and, and uh, people parallel park and so you got a passenger and um, you know you people pulled over against there um, I, I saw one person actually sort of park in the street and, and and stop and then the passenger got out and then they pulled over against the and it was you know we just it, it I'm surprised it wasn't a you know a rear-end collision you know and uh, 
so I, I don't know. Again, I, I guess if it's if it's if that snows pretty hard right now, you can drive a nail in it. Um, you know, maybe if it's light, fluffy snow, you can do that. But it's on the parallel parking. It it really uh, it it really threw people off. And I, I don't know what you do there, but um, if, if there was uh, you know a great great amount of snow, I don't like I said I don't think it's the intent to to have it go down to the curb line and work its way out. I, I think if, if the accumulation comes, you're going to have to get it on the monolithic sidewalk you're looking at here. I think the curb line would always be there, and I don't think the intents to have a snow bank at the edge of that curb there in particular. However, on the other side uh, where you roll the snow back, there's going to be snow banks along the edge, and they will get Sidewalk, the one where the sidewalks are going to the curb, I, I don't, you're probably not often going to have that problem. We'll have to clear it anyway, but the, the other, uh, the one with the boulevard, we, there's going to be banks there. You know. That would be a problem. Yeah, um, I think what Don says has merit in that the more it impacts people on the day-to-day -day. it's going to be probably what ticks them off as opposed to you know, the 24-hour thing i got to move my car i get it i move the car to do the job and then there's a lot of mics on i i uh <laughs> that was that was good um yeah i have to move the car and they get the job done and then i put the car back in for maybe a week maybe a month i don't have to think about it again and, and if it's something where it's coming up day in, day out, where I'm always stepping over this cussing bank of snow that's in the way, or where I normally shovel the snow off my sidewalk is full because the town has put all that snow there. With having been lived in another town not far from this town that didn't bother to put in sidewalks in the neighborhood where I was, they would put the snow up on the lawns and. Yeah, every every spring it was the rejuvenation of people's grass because they would alternate. They put one year they'd put all the snow on this person's side, and the next year they'd put all the snow on that person's side, which was lovely. Um, but you know, by the time your grass starts to not grow again in that spot, it look it looks pretty bad. And I think that's uh, that's going to be something that people encounter every day in the spring when they get out of their house. They're not going to be thrilled about that. With the parking ban, if it goes to that, is there a possibility, changing gears, of doing a north, south, east, west kind of parking ban so that people still couldn't park in their own street, maybe just on one side of it only, so that they can still park there and then clear the snow, perhaps just on one side alone. That would save some of that impact if we're forced to go to that method. Um, <clears throat> part of Part of how this sort of evolved here too was uh, simplifying this in a way that we can point and steer and cover ground and get this done. That you know, and uh, there's places down Tony here. Uh, Donnie could uh, talk to this, I'm sure, but there's places in town where from this red house to the next street, you can only do this on this side, and then after that, you can do this up here, and then when you get up there, you got to do that to get multiple people that they're plowing in that and have that portrayed to them and figured out it's kind of it's like that everywhere in town whereas if if you had your 
you know, if you had your parking ban from this part of town, is these two days this part of town, is this, you know, or whatever, uh, and the guys that are doing the plowing could just. Yeah, I mean, and it would really would simplify it. Simplifying it means it speeds up. When it speeds up, you can get on to other things like sidewalks and, and whatever. You know, back, back to uh, Ian's comment about the crosswalks. You may have to do the crosswalks if that's, you know, uh, flip walk and crosswalks. Maybe that's part of maybe the sidewalks that would be part of what we have to do, I guess. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, it makes sense. We'd have to do the crosswalks as well. Uh, anyway, the point being was to uh, just to simplify it in these areas, and I keep referring back to like three to four inches of snow. But do we drive on that until we have maybe three weeks, a month from now, we get more snow enough to pick it up and blow it, or do we? It'd be nice to plow it off to the sides and and drive on bare days till then. That was that's the whole point. And I cannot again, if we could go. If we could make it simple so that it's everywhere it goes to the curb line, everywhere and down, and that's that, uh, uh, and, you know, on all sides, you know, it, it would speed it up, and that they could go at it, not they have got to do, we got to turn the grader around, bring the truck in for this piece, and it's, it really is quite complicated out there the way it is now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, I understand. And being no stranger to running equipment, I, I very greatly can appreciate the efficiency uh, model there uh, and, and the advantage to that. Just for everyone's perspective, if you will recall, we were, uh, you know, one email about one person in a wheelchair and we were making change orders to our our whole Recplex and changing a janitor's closet out and all this and that. So we're, we're I understand. There are advantages to this policy proposal, but we're one block handy card away from this exploding all over our faces. Just to follow up on everybody's comments here, if you look at Schedule A, I think that's page 9 and 12. So Schedule A, you're talking about the priorities of plowing. We're removing the stone. So for instance, I myself live in a priority three. And I think a lot of areas on the north end, like where uh, Councillor Scamahorn lives and Council. Oh no, there's two of us on the street. It's party one. But it's also a priority three, and a lot of those streets only get their snow removed maybe once a year, maybe twice if there's a couple of substantial events. And most of the residents, I, well, my own opinion, I don't think they they mind. Because the streets, you'll get that that uh, kind of a little bump on the streets where the vehicles travel, and then they they uh, they park parallel park on both sides of the street on a residential street, and everybody takes their turn to get to get through. And I, I've seen that happen. Well, it's happening now. It happens multiple times. But I think getting back to what Councillor Good said about the signage, um, putting up the signs on the residential streets when you do that snow removal event like on a priority three it's just no parking that that makes sense everybody knows but i think where the main issue and again my own opinion where the main issue is with this plowing off to the edge is on the uh, priority one streets so down 98th street then it was a lot of people and that's that's effectively where your road band would be would it be, would it be not no 
we were looking at road beds being effective on all residential streets for that uh, simply because you know putting those signs out that you know if, if we're having to sort of rely on signs and doing road beds like that then you're reliant on trying to get those signs out get them all positioned get everything planned for that and then if like Derek said if you had a water break then it and doesn't get done then people come back and say, well, this wasn't done, you had signs out, and you're past your 24 hours. And it's, we just find that, you know, using the signs is very well problematic like that. Instead of having regularly scheduled days, like Derek uh, kind of said, was, you know, we want to be able to, if we've got, you know, time that we've got crews available to go out and do road maintenance, that we can send them out. And say, uh, and say this this area of town is open. There's a road bed. In fact, we can get out there and get it done. Where if if you don't, then yeah, get out signs. You wait 24 hours, and you're not sure what your know, road conditions are 48 hours in advance. You get it done or something like that, and it takes away that whole priority. So just looking at your map here, and I'm going to get to Councillor Good's comment here. So on the north end. I'm just going to use, I'm going to pick one street as, a, as an example, 81st Ave. So you go down 98th Street, you turn right to go to the schools. So you're on a priority one. And then you turn left on 81st Ave. You can go down and then it, uh, it turns left and comes back and joins with that other cross avenue. So those streets there, and I'm on that street quite often. So those streets there is parallel parking both sides. So if you effectively put a road band in. Where do you park? So and that's why uh, the road band is usually just affect during working hours. So we're trying to affect, you know, uh, where people are at home the least on those particular days. So between Monday and Thursday, and we're trying to schedule that between 8 a.m. and right now it's 9:30 p.m. But you know we could look at readjusting that because what we're trying to do is find times that. Our residents are not at home; they're at work, and but we realize that you know not everybody does work. You've got homemakers and whatnot, and we realize that. And so, sorry, go ahead. That, that was that was my question. Who's uh, who's up next? Oh, Derek. I I was just I just wanted to say uh, parking ban. Uh, I think would come into play mostly during snow events. So, I mean, if it's got a week's worth of sun in there, but uh, you know, when the streets are bare uh, or very little snow, uh, if the grader did go by with a small amount of snow and had to go around a vehicle that was there, it doesn't mean that person gets fined. But if it's a big storm and there's a vehicle on the road and we're trying to plow, maybe then you might need to, or snow out around them and, and not much they could well uh, if the band's in place well I just uh, I think on most days what I mean is that it's uh, probably not just because they're parked there it's uh, a bare paved day when it's sunny I don't know how big a deal that's really going to be or not not as far as we're concerned anyway here well. and that would have to be a discretionary by law so. but there are Probably, probably look at putting some words on. 
Some of the, like you say, our street, we have an alley in the back, so it's not too bad. The majority of those streets don't. People don't walk a block to park when they want something to be served. They won't park a block away. They have to want it awful bad. I can think two or three things they get there, not many more. Say to them, you're going to have to be parking up on 98 or 86, whatever. Huh? What might they want? All the all the six downtown why they do it. Um, I'll stick with that story. But the the point is, you're not going to get people to willingly walk a block or half a block to their house um, without getting a whole lot of feedback. Um, the, the way I mean, the way that these the snow has been removed in the past number of years. For most of the people in town, I don't think there's been a real major inconvenience for the people. Minor here, minor there. And I think for the last number of years, Tom, when, since you said, well, like I say, for the last 10 years, I haven't really heard too many complaints about snow removal. Once in a while, when it's heavy, you get it. But other than that, you really don't get too many complaints on a day to day basis. So I don't think anything's being done anything wrong. We're trying to, to my mind, it almost seems to me that we're trying to fix. We're trying to how to put, we're trying to fix a problem that really doesn't exist. I, I don't know if I'm making my sense clear. Yeah, it's inconvenient to have to put the signs up, not for the citizens. It's inconvenient to have to maybe do the the windrows. I understand that. Again, it boils down to money and staffing. But I don't want to. I've seen what a few potholes does. It's not great. It's not great. A few potholes. I mean, you have you have no potholes for a mile. We have a pothole. We hear about it. That pothole's not done for months and months. We hear about it almost every day until it's done. I think that if you put this snow removal policy in place, you're talking about now, you're going to get an absolute. If you think the winter's going to be a storm, I think you're going to get an incredible storm for people. They're already complaining about not being able to get over winter. I understand that. I have a hard. Everybody here knows I have a hard time walking. I have a hard time getting over a one foot. Ice. I mean, it, it's scary for me at times to do that. I don't mind, I don't complain. People pay a million bucks to walk as good as I do. And there's a lot of people who don't. And a lot of people, when they're carrying groceries or, as Colin alluded to, trying to put their garbage out, and they're going to have to haul that garbage over some kind of ice thing to get it, to get that. Because now the garbage bins you're going to put out are going to have to be sidewalk, windrow, garbage than parking. I, I think you're going to end up with an absolute nightmare and I don't think you're solving a problem that the public has. Uh, it's just really become clear. I don't think we have. I'll leave it at that. I don't think we have the problem. Uh, I think this comes down to dollars and cents. I think that we're spending a lot of money on our snow removal and this is a way for us to spend less on our snow removal. And I think that the briefing note 
prior to this policy uh, direction on this policy spoke to let's get ahead of this campaign let's get out there let's educate let's inform people let's talk about the bottom dollar that that this is impacting and snow is inconvenient ice is inconvenient I slipped the other day you know whose fault was it <laughs> it's not a fault right that's what I think um, just one clarification um, changing this policy might not decrease the actual snow budget it might just redistribute it a different way especially if we decide that we're going to be trying to get uh, snow off of the sidewalks because if we do there'll be a couple of extra pieces of equipment that we're going to have to be purchasing um, and, and, and it's I know they talked about using skids here but there's there's other pieces of equipment that are better that would cause less damage that's not as wide and uh, would do a much better uh, job in that aspect. So if, if we came and we said to you, do this new policy and you will save money, that's not what we're saying. And council needs to know that. Just my uh, last comments, Your Worship. Um, I do appreciate you guys uh, trying to be more efficient, just uh, like what uh, Councillor Scanlon said. It's being respectful of the tax dollars. Going back to uh, I know some stuff that uh, His Worship had mentioned earlier um, in, in prior council meetings. Um, with the policy or with the snow removal that you guys have been doing, like my comments earlier, we're known in it, around the region for it. How, how good of a guys you, uh, of, of a job you, the public works does at, as far as removing everything. But getting back to, to the cost, I think that the, like personally, the residents they expect it and they're, they're, they're actually, they're willing to pay for it. So this thing, is it, is it going into effect tomorrow or next year? No, no, it's, it's, it's a, what it is, we're asking for request for direction. So this is sort of like the concept of what uh, Public Works would like to do if possible. They, uh, they had looked at uh, the, the policy. Um, Right now, one of the problems with policy is it, it, the current policy says basically four inches um, to the removal, which it, it is uh, exorbitant. Uh, they, if you accept the new policy, the new policy is at eight inches, I believe, is it? Um, before we do these big, massive snow dumps, but then the other part is to move everything off to the sides, too. So, um, I, I don't know, Director McQuaid, you'd like to basically just say what you're hoping from Council? Um, so before we get to that, the, the last thing, as I mentioned before, was uh, just basically reiterating what we're doing with Alberta Transportation in regards to Highway 744. And one of the discussions we had with them is uh, the reasons that you know we're not seeing as regular maintenance on there from the prairie is basically they say, well, we have nowhere to put the snow uh, in the downtown, but they don't, they're not in the snowboard. All they, all they have in their local service is blaming. And that's why they kind of push back on the town saying, well, you guys are responsible for the parking lanes along 744, so you guys should take on all of that and then invoice them back for the portion of the travel lanes. Um, so we kind of talked back and forth uh, kind of hoping that you know transportation would kind of uh, formalize that in in some sort of letter back to us, but uh, that hasn't happened to date. So 
would like to do is kind of include that in our policy and then give it a copy of the policy back out of the transportation site. This is what the town is doing, and yes, we're going to invoice you back for for that portion. And and, and you know, for as regular as we see fit, as we see the level of service requiring for the downtown, and that would uh, ensure that you know the snow removal the downtown would like because that is one that we get a lot of comments on. Yes, we get a lot of comments after we've done snow removal, how we well we've done. But before the snow removals or in between snow removals, we hear quite a bit about it. And so this is a way of trying to rectify that to get some better, uh, more regular maintenance on those routes, uh, at least to put that portion of into the policy. Uh, so I guess in terms of what I'm looking at from council, and it sounds like uh, uh, the, the sense I'm getting from council is you want some time to digest this. And I'd say that, you know, take some time, maybe uh, through the Christmas season, and then maybe you uh, bring this uh, policy back in January, and then go for a request for decision. I, that I, uh, Director McCraig, I don't know if I'm I need time to digest it. I actually need you to cook it so it's digestible. So one one of the things about it was um, we talked and and your CAO actually touched on this is it's pretty hard to compare and contrast policies if we don't know if there's a return if the, what the cost is there a savings. That didn't come up, I, and all we heard from CAO Parker was, yeah, there might not be any savings, and in fact, we might need to buy more equipment. So, so I think we need to see that. Do we need to invest in capital to make the thing work, and is there, a, and is there a return on investment, i.e., savings in the long run, um, or uh, because the way you guys have described it today is we do it in a count right now we do it in a campaign mode which requires lots of overtime the other method will do it during normal business hours so we shouldn't be costing shouldn't cost us overtime so we i don't see the the uh, the compare and contrast in dollars um i'm also the reason why i actually talked about reviewing the policy uh, and then you you took the initiative really ran with it but <laughs> I, I just wanted to know okay what's our key results uh, objective when it comes to uh, on the snow snow removal we did create one about four years ago and um, it was adopted from the city of Edmonton but I don't really know if we actually followed it because I think the snow removal policy is is uh, no complaints and um, and uh, other than that, whatever technique you employ to get no complaints, that's the way that's the way it's done, which uh, shouldn't necessarily be the case. But um, uh, and but the thing is, change change people don't like change. That's why they complain. So, but if we have a better way of doing it, we uh, we should. You, I guess, yeah, you need to, sh 
I think you, when you guys come back to this thing, you need to be able to say why the change will be better. And then we'll, uh, yeah, there'll be complaints because people don't like change, so. Uh, but, but at least if we know that it's a better scenario going out, that we'll weather the storm until people are used to the new method. But, uh, but right now it's just, there's, Here's the, here's the new policy of Milan, here's the old policy, and you just came and chatted with us, but there's no hard numbers. So. No, and uh, I'll probably agree with the CAO on this one in that, you know, we went into this not looking in terms of cost savings, but trying to do a more effective job with the budget that we've been allocating. Okay. But uh, like once again, I think, you know, uh, We'll probably take this back with the input that we've got here tonight and probably uh, come up with uh, a little more robust yeah. plan and kind of relook at some of the priorities that were discussed here tonight yeah. and then bring that forward for decision in January. Maybe maybe the mistake was doing it in the North End. There's, it's kind of a neighborhood of miners up there. So. <laughs> Part of the reason we're maybe looking at modifying the snow removal program is because we've not really had a lot of snow this year, but we're still taking a pretty heavy amount of complaints because the streets aren't clean. Oh, and that's, really? That's why we're kind of trying to justify okay. whether to bring the snow blower out for three inches of snow or yeah. what can we do with that snow in the meantime, you know what I mean, to kind of bring the complaints to a smaller uh, amount and well, sometimes when people have nothing to do. Well, I agree. And part of the part of the problem um, with that, like, uh, people are their own worst enemy sometimes too. Because uh, from doing it, and I appreciate what Councillor Ford said about us doing a great job. I've been on the snow removal uh, crew for the last decade, and uh, we've always tried to do a really good job as far as cleaning up the town in uh, you know as quick a timeline as possible. Um, this year we've been struggling a little bit just because of the staff levels and uh, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, with that being said, we're still trying to get the blower out um, without the extra cost, you know, just with what we have uh, in staff levels. And that would uh, carry on through the winter regardless uh, of the snow levels. Uh, you know, if we don't get any snow for the next month and a half, we're still going to pick away at the small amount we have to get the streets cleaner than what they are now. And uh, I think that's where it all comes from just the complaints rolling in over a little bit of snow. Like, what do we do with it to make the town happier and a better place, right? So that's, I think, what brought it all on. You know what I mean? It's not that we're just trying to change things out of the blue. It's, uh, there was just cause for trying to look at a different scenario with the amount of people complaining uh, for the little bit of snow that we've had, right? So it, this is just something to, to chew to see how to make it better. Okay, uh, so maybe you'll go back and cook it, and we can digest it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, motion to accept for information. No, that's Mr. Good, all in favor? It's like 30 bucks a house. Um, Operating and capital budget deliberations. So how long is this going to take, Mr. Town? <laughs> My budget is 45 minutes. 
Okay, so uh, what, if you budgeted it for 45 minutes, let's go back to number one. Because I don't think I can actually just void an agenda item that I've accepted. So we'll just go back to this request for decision grants to groups, Peace River purposes. We should probably hold a vote, vote on it. We probably know how the vote is going to go. So um, with that in mind. Um, Do I get to remake my motion? Yeah, you get to remake your motion, but if, don't forget, if you remake your motion and you say zero dollars, right, or if you put the same one out there and it's a three-three, it gets tied, so it gets defeated. So that so means you have to give at least a so dollar. I have to make a motion against what I want, vote against my own motion, and hope it gets defeated. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, or you could you could just. Take your I motion motion for you. Orange makes the motion. motion. Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to support the Peace River Purposes Swim Club with option two. And what is option two? Halfway. Oh, the whole shot. The whole shot. Oh, okay. 700 and 88 going. Yeah. Okay. So who votes for that? For the motion for the 700? Yeah, yeah. 784 or whatever it is, 88. Unless you want me to make, okay, make a motion halfway. Make, no, you, you made a you motion. Made the motion. The okay, so who, who's voting? All in favor? All in, uh, those against? Wait, hey, you got a vote, man. You got a vote? Yes. Can we move on to another option? Uh, you you got to vote. down that one. Did you? People yeah. in favor? Did you vote in favor? No. I, I thought, no, I was going to vote against. <laughs> <laughs> See, you didn't vote. You voted against. You voted against. So you voted against. We should have so voted against. Like I would like to move the middle option, option one. Well, actually, you know, one Three vote, one, one topic, one vote, time to move on. Make any motion you want. Well, if you want, go ahead. I do. Okay, what is it? My motion is that we go for option one, which is half. Okay, those four. Against? Sorry. Okay, that's fine. I could have made my motion and we would have been okay. <laughs> <laughs> you might have made I, I thought the argument that the arguments that were made. But you couldn't count how flipper here. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's, <laughs> <flipper>. <laughs> that's only a purpose joke. <laughs> order, order. <laughs> the derogatory comments will not be followed. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Now they go into the highlight of the night. Uh, the twenty or the store fest of the night, twenty nineteen operating capital budget delivery. <laughs> so I would suggest highlight of the year. If we're really looking for some type of a description of the event. I thought the highlight of the year was when you got your intern budget. That was pretty exciting, I'll, I'll admit, because, you know, we may not come to the decision here, but if I didn't have one last time, could have shut down the town for a few months. You know, could have... Until the wall gets built. Uh, exactly, right? Until we get funding for the wall. Until we build the wall between us and... 
story from sunrise to <laughs> So anyway, just, just, just to refocus maybe I'll uh, do a really quick summary and synopsis of where we are in, in the budget process. So council has had meetings on the budget and had deliberations over their last three meetings going back to November. Uh, and in that time we have discussed and tentatively approved the base budget, the water and sewer rates that we do through utility buildings, the proposed capital budget, and our final decision package, which I hope to conclude tonight, will be on service level changes, adjustments, initiatives, and um, any addition that council would want to see. So in terms of where we are right now, based on the information we have received, there's there's been a couple small amendments to the budget so far um, those have been identified to, to council previously and as we stand right now before any service level adjustments have been accepted um, we're at a 2.5 percent increase to required uh, tax revenues so um, that's in effect a 2.5 percent increase to a typical tax bill whether it's residential or commercial and again conditions will change depending on each individual's assessment but as a whole um, required tax revenue amounts would, would have to increase 2.5 percent on a house assessed at 235 or 325,000 in the town um, as that stands it's a, an annual tax bill change of $71 or $5.92 per month or three large coffees at Tim Hortons if you want to get technical that way. Gas has actually gone down. I think it's about 14 last time I checked, so that's just amazing how much that's gone down in, in three weeks. Um, but I digress. So what we're going to look at now, um, first of all, are there any questions coming from council? I, again, I will um, point out that we have received no official communication items um, from an administrative level, so there's nothing to pass on at this point. Um, you know, but this is a chance, final chance for the public if they wish to to speak or ask any questions, identify priorities or concerns, or maybe um, give their two cents about how they feel about snow and snow removal. But since we're not here, um, that's not going to happen. But does anyone from council have any questions on any information we've discussed so far? So, Your Worship, the, I have two small items. Uh, we haven't had our yearly discussion about MMSA. I'm not sure if this is the place, but um, council from time to time has talked about jumping out on the contract, exiting the contract. So is this the time and place? Is there any appetite around this? Table to talk about it, I'll throw it out there. I, I guess what I'm proposing is if we exit, then we have to have a plan B, which is our own planning department. Um, I think in my time in council, we kind of moved here and there. And uh, so my question is, uh, this budget has got an MMS, a number in it, it does it not? That's correct, in our existing budget, uh, right. amount. Right. Yeah. 
So I, I guess why I bring it up is if we're stuck with it this year, but if we want out of it next year, we have to move on it. Well, I'm actually under the impression that we made a long-term deal, uh, got a discount, so the one-year notice uh, doesn't apply. So we probably need uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer here to speak to that. But that and or have administration look into that. Because uh, I remember the impression that we got a reduced rate provided that we commit, committed to a three-year or five-year deal. So that's, I guess, a, that's just my caveat on it. So, so why do you want to get out, out of it? I'm not sure what we get out of them, but I'm willing to listen to the discussion. I guess I am. Again, I, I the question was whether or not we need to do this at this point in in, in the budget cycle. But it seems as though it's you know we've come to this point several times now, and then it just rolls along, and here we are. So, so how much would we save, and would we save anything at all? That's a really good question. So I think just to frame that answer, and I will, uh, this isn't really a budget discussion because it doesn't affect next year's budget, but if, as you mentioned, if you did want to consider the service, um, I would have to double check also. I, I know the existing or the, the prior agreement, if it has been amended, did discuss a one-year um, notice period that would be required, but we'd have to just ensure that that is in place. Um, from a budget perspective, we, MMSA, that service costs us $124,390. And with that, we get planning services, and it's not just the two days of planners here. Um, that service is also available on a mobile call basis, so if we call up the planner at the MMSA office, that service is still there. Um, plus a certain amount of GIS uh, graphical interface um, system type work. So, you know, to replace that with in-house resources or a partial in-house contracted, um, I haven't done a, a deep analysis on this, but I don't think your cost is that much different if you're looking at a full-time planning position um, if it's a part-time planning position then you have the challenges of finding adequate staffing, competent staffing, that type of thing. So um, from a full-time perspective, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what we need, but looking at that, I, I'm kind of assuming that the cost will be similar, plus or minus, no more than 10%, I would say. And I would just kind of chime in as well. Uh, if we were looking at a CSA contract, it, you know, I doubt that we would be able to find a part-time planner to fulfill that same function. You'd, you'd essentially have to hire a full-time planner to get somebody into that position as well. And then the, uh, the GIS portion, there are a number of consulting firms that you know we could look at to consult that same service set too. But it's more around, the question is more around the planner. John, you were in a 
Oh, was this? I thought this was our chance to weigh in on any questions we had. Okay, so though, run, correct my understanding if it is incorrect. The changes to the tax policy for councillor and mayoral remuneration is it used to be a third of your taxable income was not. Is that is that the right number? Yes, a third of your income was considered non-taxable right yeah um so what rem we so far we've remedied that by instituting the, the communications phone policy kind of sort of well kind of sort of so from a from a budget perspective we have included funds in here to allow for a counselor increase to their stipend what that actually looks like and the approval of that will come early in the new year so there's, there's funds available, but you know that's a policy change to to enact that, and we're still doing our work to put up information before council to to uh, make any changes to their their honorariums. Okay. So we we budgeted for an amount. Um, it'll be sufficient to cover that, um, plus possibly more, depending on what council ends up wanting to do. Um, and then we'll have to come before council to to enact those changes. Okay. Um, if there's no other questions, we're going to jump immediately to service level and service level initiatives. Um, and again, this is the um, group where we'll go around. Um, I'll be seeking uh, council interest um, in an informal basis, but again, be looking at the majority um, for these service level items. Um, so just as a quick heads up, and I'll show you what this will look like as we go through. As items are approved, um, and right now they're they're not approved within this format. If we watch across the top where it says $71 is the change, oops, the current change and 2.5%. As I add items, that amount goes up. So again, the virtual tax bill in this instance goes up 100 to $103. And instead of 2.5, it's now 3.6% on required tax revenues. Um, you know, so there'll be a whole bunch of um, expenditure type items. There's some revenue items, there's items that offset. So again, the first one, which is the Peace River 100 um, celebration type items for the town as it comes up. There's a revenue offset, so there's actually zero impact to the town from a tax perspective. Um, there are expenses and the funding for this is about one third through federal grant and two thirds from our rate state rate tax rate stabilization fund. So it does deplete our, our stabilization reserve a bit. Again, this is a, a prudent or um, I don't want to say acceptable, but a you know a, a logical use of that funds as this is a one-time cost. It happens every hundred years <laughs> using a tax stabilization reserve amount to offset that makes makes sense. Um, I'm always, and again, I've shown 
some budget items down below that are happening they've been incorporated into this budget these numbers but i'm always asked and i'll show council um, what happens if all the items are approved and remembering that our previous numbers were 2.5 percent as i approve all the expenditure items and then the revenue offsets um, if council were to approve and i'm not saying they are um, it would be a 3.5 percent tax revenue need or a hundred dollar tax bill increase on our um, virtual tax bill or virtual house at three hundred and twenty five thousand um, dollars the other thing I'll, I'll say right now is these are staff recommended items if council were or counselors want to see a different number here or um, want to suggest a, a new item you know entirely this is your chance to do that too um, and then we'll try to incorporate it again kind of under a group model and, and group venture to try to achieve and finish this just one question greg afrax radio leasing is that lease to own or just straight lease so that would be a lease with a with a bio provision at the end of their term so based on this, it's a six-year lease for those radios. Um, and then at the end of the term, we would have the option to buy them out or to return them for um, new radios, different radios if the technologies change. It just gives us the option at the end. What is the bio? I'd have to gather that information. I don't have that with me right now. Um, so all these initiatives are explained within the budget book they're on page 21 and I know you've all read this so I'm not going to go through them in any great length um, but I, to assist council I will um, navigate my way down these talk about or identify some things really briefly and then look for council consensus to the affirmation or negative of these these individual items uh, so the first one is peace server 100 events Again, this is something, as I mentioned before, it does have an expenditure of 115000 but there's the offset revenue to the same amount, so there's zero tax um, bill or net tax burden on, on this approval. So, if there's any questions on these, if not, I'm just going to ask if Council will uh, confirm by raise a hand if they're interested in do not raise your hand if you're not interested. We've already invited people to our birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is council interested in this? Okay. Thank you. Um, and I will put in the expenditure or the revenue portion at this time also. Um, indigenous framework and no reach, and this is. Um, additional funds. Director Bell can talk about this in greater depth if there's any questions. Um, but this is to allow for uh, adi additional um, outreach work within our Peace River 100 celebrations in terms of um, some inclusive type items and, and other things that we would do as a town within our celebrations. Are there any questions on this? No. So, what, what exactly am I going to get for about 1350 
Your worship, it's tab number five in our binder. Any other questions? If we spend this much time on all of these, 
Well, we're gonna work. Yeah. Okay, so, so that was the indigenous Peace River Women's Shelter that doesn't have a tap? Uh, no, there's no tap there. Um, so just so I'm clear, um, if those in favor of the indigenous framework can just uh, show their, show that through. Thank you. John's not voting. He, he, he voted earlier. <laughs> Uh, no, the Peace River Women's Shelter, there is, there's not a tab, there's no supplemental information. It's um, briefly discussed on page 21, and they did come to one of our um, budget discussions to to give an update, and we had seen this through grants to group application. Again, $1.2 million expansion, they're looking for $350,000 in, in other external funding or funding that's outside of the provincial grant. Um, at the update, they did share that they had secured other funding from municipalities and, and um, private sector organizations, either fifty-four dollars or $56,000, I believe. Um, so again, they're, they're on their way. Our, the request that staff have proposed, or the amount that staff have proposed, is a $50,000 commitment over a three-year period. So it'd be 17,017 and then 16. Um, again, from their cash flow um, purposes, they could deal with that as long as they know the money's coming. They could, um, you know, find mechanisms to to secure the money for their construction, knowing that that money will be coming. So this is really just to be clear, a, a longer term, a three-year commitment on this, um, at or something similar to these amounts for the three years. Which I, I feel like this keeps happening. This to all these items. Uh, this was already uh, announced at the Festival of Trees that this was happening. So we would also be like kind of like uninviting someone to our birthday if this were also well, This is a little different because well, they, they were clearly told that this was proposed and tentative, yeah. subject to council's decision. So you know, it's, it's really on them to announce that funding prematurely. I, I don't want to put council in the position where they feel they have to because you know this is independent and you should never feel obligated based on what other groups have said because if i say publicly right now that pmd is giving us a million dollars towards our new arena um you know you missed that oh you missed that much i, I don't think that. i don't think they would take what i just said as something that they would be required to do so I said it four or five times, maybe. Did I err in not getting up and correcting the record <laughs> in the middle of the? No, it's, it's always a difficult situation. Aprax radio leasing, so that's what? 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 Um, you. This this is a de definitive. Like we don't get to get out of this, right? Um, the women's shelter? No. So we passed the women's shelter. Yeah, okay, yes. Okay, so so those in favor of the women's shelter funding, just to confirm. The AFRAX radio is something that is happening. Um, we are not required to do it in 2019. We do have another year or two to implement this. Um, but there's some strategic reasons to doing so in 2019, and the first is to align with what County of Northern Lights is doing. They're implementing their infrastructure radios at that time as a
pretty um, integrated partner with County Northern Lakes, it just makes sense to to do this and consider this at, at this point and do it in conjunction with them. There might be some efficiencies in a bit of a, a larger group purchase. Um, again, that's not going to be significant. I would say a couple percent, not 10 or 20 percent. Um, but from a logistics point of view, it just makes sense to do it for this year and implement it now. Yeah, but it's 26,500. So if Sunrise County walks off the end of the pier, do we do the same thing? If I was required to by the province, I. But, but you could do it a year later. I, I could do it a year. <laughs> they might build a bridge. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe the. Lake would have uh, gone down or drained out or something like that. We could just buy used ones from the county a year later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point. I'm voting no on this one. Okay, um, so let's start the other way if we may. Those in favor of this? A couple of questions. Oh, yeah, questions. Absolutely. Uh, being that uh, Chief Harris is in the room. So, and yourself, so 26.5 over six years. But works out to 159,000. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Harris, does this replace all your existing handhelds as well as all the uh, radios in the units themselves? Yeah, this will replace all the portable radios which will carry all the uh, mobile radios in the trucks and the base stations in five holes of the town. So your old radios, you wouldn't be using them anymore? No. Okay. And did you price out purchasing? No. I think there was a number somewhere? There was, and I'll speak to that. Um, and how does that number compare to 159 over six years? It was about, uh, about $140,000 to purchase new. That's probably the budget number that we would have thrown in there. Um, so from a capital budget perspective, we were already at, um, and this is, we had already hit the amount on our capital budget and any increases there would have impacted the tax rate. We're basically doing the same thing on the capital or the operating side and saying since we can't afford the, the capital purchase, we're going to come at this and, and try to lease them through the operating budget, um, get council to approve it. Basically as a purchase that we have to make, it was no more room on the capital side, so we're looking for operating money. Yeah, no, I understand that. So the, the, the capital purchase was 140. Yeah. The rental, basically rent to own 150. Yeah, 159. Yep. So that's the question, why the, how much for the buyout? You said there was an option to buy out at the end of six years, so that must be pretty minimal. Then. It is, I think it is a very minimal buyout. What kind of dollars? Do you have any idea what that bio would be or estimated? I, I, I want to say it was 20% of the original value. Um, Even though we've paid more? As if they're 140000 well, That's leasing. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're paying, leasing work, yeah right? through that you're paying interest charges. That's really what it is. It's, it's the borrowing of the money to, to do so. That's good enough. Thank you. The other thing with our current radio system, uh, radios we have, they're at an age where they're starting to need high maintenance and replacement, but I'll replace them soon. And there's gonna be costs to the current system. 
But did you say at the beginning here, Greg, if we say yes to each of these items you put on there, it's going to be a 3.8 increase? Um, It'd be up to 3.5, so an additional 1% if all the items are approved as is. Your Worship, I misunderstood. I didn't catch why you were opposed to this. Could you review that for me, please? Well, because I want to get it down to 3.3. Cost increase, I don't want it to be more than what the city of Edmonton folks are going to have to face in terms of increase. So that means I got to cut somewhere. And this one, we can put this off. This is another one that we put off for another year. Can it be put off for another year, Tim? Ideally, no. Um, because, as I mentioned, our current system, we're going to have to start spending money on the current radios, which I'm hesitant to do, so we're replacing the entire system. The other is to align with not only County Northern Lights, but the other areas around have already gone through this system, on some of those counties. Uh, possibly have to get already gone through this system. DMD, we don't actually give us any money for fire service. They promised. We invited them to our birthday. That's right, we did. You know what? I'm I am struggling right now with sort of what it looks like what's happening regionally with fire services. And it may only be because I'm just now understanding more, you know having a clear understanding of what the fire services look like in our region and um, you know I'm, I'm wondering how much of this we get can address in our ICS and is this a time is this a, is this part of that process it could be why would why couldn't it be part of the ICS it could be so the ICS look at funding you know, this is an expenditure item and one that, if not required now, is required in the near future. So, um, if we do achieve some different um, funding for firefighting services under the ICF, this would be an expense that we would compel our partners to to fund, pay for, like if it's in at a percentage. Then the only problem is the ICF would. It's two years out. Yeah. If, if that. We go to arbitration for six years. <laughs> Could I offer up your next service level item for discussion before you make a decision on the APEX? Yeah. Go ahead. The taxi pass increase? Yeah. So I guess I'm jumping over the uh, yeah. public works item. We assumed you weren't going to fire his guy before we have a chance to. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the, the taxi pass option is an addition. You're already providing service at a, a very heavily subsidized level at 85%. We, to be fair, we haven't had any real feedback, either pro or con, for the change in the system. So I can't say to you tonight, we don't need to do this because everybody's happy. I'm not sure that's a fair statement. But is it is not necessarily a necessary 
increase at this time. It is something you could add next budget cycle and run the new program a full entire year. And then we could have that debate uh, for adding additional tickets in 2020, which would take 40,000 that's been proposed and probably keep you within your 3% increase, including funding for APRAC. We well, should take one for the two. Your Worship, that was really going to be part of the discussion I was looking at was is the taxi pass changes working and if not, is an addition in that area really warranted at this point? Because we did increase last year. Yeah. That's coming from the bus lane. <laughs> you know it. So are you, are, are you going to ask for a yes and no on this one? <laughs> Just to confirm, even though Director Delivery, yeah, we you know, step in front of that board for council. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you get some extra wings. So just to confirm, um, for those in favor of the taxi pass program, um, additional costs, please raise your hand in a sec. And those not in favor. Oh, what? Not in favor. Not in favor. We're Taxi pass program. Just a poll. Okay. Yeah, you, you want to. <laughs> well, all of a sudden we're voting no. Is that yeah. We're just going yes. <laughs> I was lost in this bag of delicious so, salty snacks. So are we jumping back to the apex thing? Because it's 26500 this year. I was going to suggest we leave another. But it's another 26500 the year after that. No, no, once it's in the budget, it's no budget, the budget change. Just the first year is the one that so for example and i'm going to suggest we we just skip over the fracture review because i think that's i do agree that is something that is a little bit subjective um but if we get to some of the other ones that may or may not be um, as um you know we could come back to the subjective ones later um so if we talk about the labor three position um director mcgrave provided information about this um, position within tap four of your deliberation binder. And, you know, just to be clear, and Director McQuaid could talk about it more if he wishes, this isn't um, just the singular addition of a labor three position. This allows for some structural changes within the public works um, department. There's um, other tweaks there, which allows uh, the department or the, the group to set up within that some smaller specific groups and hopefully become more efficient and the addition of this position allows that to form into shape a bit better than our current uh, resources allow. Yeah, this additional position allows, allows Derek to get a guy out there to uh, clear snow in front of people's, people who need parallel parking. <laughs> Just try and deliver better service you <laughs> What else is this individual going to do besides move a little snow? Well, essentially what we're looking at, uh, the whole reason that we looked at some structural changes as to way that we've been working traditionally is basically you've got the superintendent and busy kind of controls all of the staff, whether as instead of, and that includes not only his uh, public work staff, but also facilities maintenance and uh, the fleet maintenance portion of his job as well. And so uh, in some time, uh, in some aspects, you know, it uh, 
we kind of looked at that uh, it would be more beneficial to have more of a foreign position that could control uh, a lot of the day-to-day -day job sites uh, that we have our public work site crew doing and it allows Eric to actually spend more time managing the group instead of being the one in the field in one of the issues that I had previously, the way we were working, is a lot of times that go down and I find my public work superintendent in the hole with the group. That's not what I'm paying them for. Okay. You've also talked about having um, someone more on supplies, tools, and whatnot back at the shop. And that's correct, and that's part of this whole. And I should, that's not what I'm paying for, that's not what the town is paying for. Yeah. <laughs> so is there any other questions about the labor position? Okay, uh, those in favor? Thank you. Um, the Peace Regional Recreation Center is next. Um, there's a whole bunch of additional information about this. Uh, table 3 on page 20 of your budget book shows the financial breakdown and really what this is on the operating budget is the $1 million that was in the budget to pay for the capital cost is now being converted and utilized for operating type funds for the new multiplex. Um, again, part of this or a significant chunk of it is for debt repayment on our our debt that we've been, um, had to take out against the, the construction and the eventual finished product. Um, but there's also changes um, to other operating costs for the facility. So again, um, it'll be over twice the size of what it is now. So there's additional utility charges, insurance charges, staffing charges, um, you know, repair, well not repairs and maintenance, but um, equipment and supplies and, and those types of expenses that are all associated with a in your larger facility. The net impact when you do look at the $1 million plus factoring and all the additional revenues that we hope to generate above and beyond what we, we have now um, is actually about a $41,000 net benefit that I guess is thrown back to to help reduce taxes. So we don't need the full million dollars is what I'm saying. Really that less $40,000 so that was Pretty good this year, that's true. Um, we need 960,000. Yes. Yeah. So there's another component to this, um, and it is the proposed staffing around the facility. There is some, um, a fairly comprehensive discussion about it in tab 8 in your deliberation binder. Um, since we haven't had that complete discussion, I would be comfortable in, in positing or putting out there, and I think Director Bell will be fine with this, is that for budget purposes, we could approve the budget and the amount, um, but have a more in-depth discussion on the staffing and get that approval in the future. And when I say future, I mean most likely January or February, because we'll be looking at um, doing the initial hiring for this, if not starting in April and no later than May for openings in June or, or July, so, right? Yep. 
So Director Bell is is nodding her head over there. So this is not a commitment to the staffing for this facility after the staffing changes. Again, the arena people will will move over. Um, there might be some other changes that we do internally to help staff it. Um, but it does provide the budget room to be able to have that discussion in the very near future. So again, if this one is actually agreed to as is, it'll be a reduction on the, on the tax rate going down from 3.2 to 3%. Three point six to three percent. The other side of that question, so if I, if I if we say no, what what what's the fall on? Yeah. I am banning a front counter until you guys let me. Um, we could get you down in the hole with the super. Yeah, this is possible. Um, if we would look at different operational models. What we've proposed within the budget for the staffing complement is provide you with a level of service uh, that we're proposing with that complement of staff. If you would like us to look at a reduced level of service, then we subsequently can reduce the, the staffing levels to match that. Um, the one component that's not highlighted here, we are we put out the RFP for the concession operations and also the fitness center operations. Pending those results, um, if we don't get great response, let's say to the fitness center operations, then we're going to have to rework some of the operational plan and potentially operate that uh, component in-house. But we have a, a plan B. It would just mean that some of the movement or changes that we're proposing in the operational plan might shift over to the fitness center. Um, but it, we're talking a person, not people's per se. Um, we can run it through a front counter staff. You don't need in-counter staff at the fitness center and then have that duplicated by another front receptionist. So that's kind of the beauty of our setup. Whereas Grimshaw is physically in two different locations in the building. So our front counter staff would sort of manage all that check-in, swipe cards, that kind of thing for a fitness center. So we have, a, there's some flexibility in what we're proposing. Um, and at this point, a little bit of it is a bit the janitorial component. We're proposing some casual janitorial, but that really is dependent on um, activities within the facility. And we've been checking with other locations and some have more janitorial than others. Some of their existing staff can manage. Um, so we may not dive into the janitorial needs until we run for at least two, maybe, maybe even three years depending on how um, busy it gets with major tournaments, major events, multiple things happening at the same time. A hockey tournament does not equate to needing multiple, multiple new staff. We need to handle it with one and a half casual now. So we have some flexibility in how we want to proceed, but um, you kind of have a base expense you can't get around. the arena needs some of our trainings. <laughs> it is so large, we might. Yeah, because I don't want to 
There's the alone. Yes, we'll lose staff in the building. Okay. Um, so just on the recreation center uh, budget, you know, those in favor of, of those numbers, those amounts? Yes. Thank you. Um, since we kind of entered down into some revenue items, I'm going to put down here. Um, talked about solid waste charges, and again, this is our our pickup fees for for solid waste and recycling. Um, we are experiencing cost increases to the service. Some are contractual. Some are due to other carbon levies and whatnot opposed by the provincial government. That um, we are paying a portion of. Um, so to um, counteract those those changes, those increases, and not change the tax burden that um, solid waste puts on our tax bills, um, we're looking to we're proposing a two dollar increase to our our waste uh, fees when we do our utility billing from seventeen or fifteen dollars to seventeen. Um, this is the first change in several years, and actually when the service was expanded um, back many years ago to include recycling services. It was an increase at that time, so you know, this is just a natural progression of, of fee increases for, for a valuable service that hadn't been um, adjusted, and now it's time to do that, otherwise there will be impacts on the tax rate. Um, at that amount, the $2 per month, um, it's a revenue increase of $43,400. Before we move on, Your Worship, I'm, uh, as I indicated, I'm certainly in favor of the $17, but uh, I can't help myself. You know, GFL is not doing themselves any favors in this town. Um, the, the word reliable, I can use a lot of adjectives to describe them, but that's not one I would give them. Uh, you know, they broke down again this week. Um, the postings show up on our Facebook page late. Um, I, I, I don't expect a response from my colleagues except to say that when they get when the residents get a tax bill or I'm sorry a utility bill next year and it goes up for seventeen dollars I'm sure we're going to hear about it. Um, GFL is not providing a service that I expect, and uh, we're going to hear about it, and we're going to hear about it when it goes to seventeen dollars. I'm still in favor of the seventeen dollars, but it's a crappy service. Okay, uh, next item we'll discuss is library funding. This is tab two in your deliberation binder. Library was in and, and they discussed their challenges. Um, and these were primarily around uh, labor standard changes, whether it's minimum wage increases that is affecting some of their staff or the need to increase, um, plus the labor standard changes around staff holiday pay. and, and um, that the, the library is now um, compelled to to absorb rather than giving their staff the time off. We have a similar situation where where you know there's, there's a payment required and time off and it's not just sufficient now. So um, they're looking for additional funding of 12,700 12, um, to be able to um, impart this change while generally leaving their services or minimize, minimizing the impact of their services for the rest of the community. So, so we don't get free library cards this year? 
So Your Worship, uh, that's certainly something that we've gone back to talking to the board about some of those, uh, what do we call them, like sponsorship kind of, that idea. That, that hasn't been pursued. Uh, the library has been very busy in yeah, checking out books it is really in, in building a stronger foundation for some of the work that they do there. Um, the current director is uh, doing a great job, and so we've got some of those foundational things down. Uh, we discussed at our October meeting, and we meet again this week, where we'll have that discussion about how do we pursue sponsors. But the, the changes in the, in the minimum wage and the Labor Standards Act have impacted the library and it really does mean staff reduction and hour reduction of services if, if that's the case. So you're voting yes or no? I'm gonna vote yes. yes. <laughs> Is there any other questions about the library? No? Those in favor of this proposal? Thank you. That's a uh, so again, the final item here are the, the AFRAX radios. Um, just if they are approved, it does take it up to 3.1 percent. <coughs> the taxi folks saved the day. And if if council does like nice even numbers, like 3 percent instead of 3.1, I could. So Tim was your big favor. <laughs> <laughs> You can have one of the old radios. <laughs> you could have the old fire truck. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about the working alone or losing your staff in any multiplex. You can have his old radios. Perfect. Am I, am I correct in saying the AFRAX also gives you with not just with the uh, the other fire departments, but it gives you communication with the other first responders throughout the province, does it not? Yeah. So the AHS, CMS has already gone to it. Uh, please uh, go on to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it is Alberta's first responders radio communication system. We're so. trying to keep a, a, a radio silence with AHS. I don't think we want to get them on the hotline right there. Jim can call them up during a meeting. <laughs> Are we in favor? Yeah, let's do it. So those in favor of this? So that's all the items here. Um, so based on all the decisions of council to date, it is a 3.1% increase to required tax revenues. Uh, Where's council, my fire truck? Uh, you put a one in front of that 3.1 and you've got it. Same as Bob Willing writes the check. Um, if council wants to have something at 3%, I could reduce something and find miscellaneous savings of $5,000 um, to get it down to 3%. I'm sure we could sell some existing fire department radios for five grand. 2.9 is actually better because it's the mental break at the full percent jump that's the problem. While we're, you know. So that's something if you want to consider that, then we're down to 3%, and that's easier to remember than 3.1. 
I'm sure I could find five thousand dollars in direct in the place, but they're pretty easy. I think you're in what do you do? What do you have to do to get into two point nine? Yeah, 2.99. 2.9, like inflation's two, and it's two. It's like I just went up with inflation. It's whatever. I'm going to have to go see what I did here. Well, I'm not running. Okay. Like your director of town said, I can find $5,000 in the old end. That's, that, that's five scoops of gravel for God's sakes. So, when I extend it, it's two point nine seven thousand dollars. Well, still, that's pretty. There goes a milling machine. But to actually get to down to two point nine. So as you get it down to two point nine, you can go to two point nine four. Well, that'll do it. There you go. So that's it. So I'll leave that in there. We we may have some other. You are there. You actually think you're going to find seventeen thousand? Seventeen thousand? Yes. Well, I, I I don't disagree. Part of this is is. Are you selling the airport for uh, for three as opposed to three thousand as opposed to one thousand one dollar? Um, I wish I would have had my camera. That'd be easy. Not easy, but that'd be yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so based on this and all the deliberations, staff have enough information to prepare the report for the first council meeting um, in January and subsequent changes to the budget book, uh, which we'll bring um, back for council. Thank you for all the work that you put into this and thank you to staff for all their work. It's a good team effort and appreciation. It was really hard doing this. You, uh, you guys did all the work. You did all the work. Well, you guys, you're the ones that hear about it. Well, it was Tanya that fell on her sword. <laughs> <laughs> it hadn't been for the taxi pass program. So just seeing that we're picking on the poor community services department at the GMP meeting and we're talking about budgets, did I not hear uh, all the branch from Alberta Transportation to do some free workforce in terms of getting all costs down around flight poles or something? No. No? Uh, old pilot instead of a flight pole. That's an extension of what I was dreaming of. Was, so I was dreaming. Yeah. Well, I don't think you want old pilings up. No. Uh, I don't think installer of both old and new pilings, they're pretty <laughs> reliable. They'd be like hanging the flights off the top. Just hang it. I'm just trying to help out the budget line. I
Okay, um, we made a motion on that, didn't we, there? Because we have no voted for that. Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, there's just Will Stewart from the public. Do you have any comments to make? Not today, thank you. Key communication items. I will, oh, Joanne. <laughs> the public. Uh, I mean, the key communication items. What do you want to talk about? This is your last day, so you don't actually want to talk about it. I don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> so you just came here to socialize. I did, and it's been fun by myself. <laughs> I think it'd be important to put something in about the policy, even if no decisions have been made, and you get to keep yourself up. And who's going to do that if you don't do that? After this time, I don't care. No. Yeah, no. But this time, no. But it's an interim decision, but it would be nice to get something next week just to explain what's going on. Oh, so you've got to do that for us. For the sake of the people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, who should she talk to? Uh, because really all we're doing is, we, we've asked Mr. McQuaid to cook the policy a little more, so it's a little more digestible. <laughs> yeah, I caught that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we will uh, we will review it again, but we are we are looking at a so how so how are, we, how are you going to put this, uh, Mr. McQuaid? We are looking at a snow. We are looking to we're looking to re rejuvenate the snow and ice policy so that we can provide more efficient service to our residents. Yes. More efficient and more regular service for our residents. More efficient and more regular service. Yeah. Serve with a nice jambalaya. So, <laughs> so, so should we be taking comments on, on this, Ms. Yeah. We should probably set up a, uh, a website where people can go look at the new policy and and then they can, they've got a little box they can, they can spew all their venom into. And <laughs> As I suggested with the briefing note, we should hold off on any major changes until public feedback process, a formalized public feedback process has been conducted. And that would be a part of it. We'd also be sending out mail outs to everybody. Okay. But we would need a policy that council is reasonably in support of. So what you're saying is, it is uh, once you've got an idea on the policy you want, then you will put it out for yes. review of comments. At this point, it's, it's maybe a little bit too early in its development cycle to. Oh, I like that. A little too early in its, well, its that's development that's cycle. Okay. Uh, Pick a fetuses. <laughs> I dropped that last <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. First trimester. <laughs> uh, no, that works. Works, works, works. Yeah, it's a little too early in the development cycle for us to come in. Um, so who's going to talk to you? Do you want to talk to someone then about it? Tomorrow? I will be beneficial. I'll be meeting here tomorrow. Okay. If it's in its pupil stage, people can like digest that a little better. Maybe uh, maybe Autumn can be there at the same time, so we can come up with nice buzz phrases like "too early in the development cycle." <laughs> okay. Um, that's it.
So we're going to take a break so we can all toast Joanne goodbye. Are you going to be here next week? You want to be here next week, right? Oh, yes, I, oh. I will be here. Oh, okay. Your Worship, if I can just make one comment. Um, we were all at a meeting at, with the MD of Peace just the other day, and I heard some very good comments about Chief Harris and uh, how respected he is within our region as a leader and very easy to get along with, so keep up the good work. I thought you were going to comment on how they commented about this council. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a break.